All right, welcome to the uh, the fourth episode here of the Rise Podcast, brought to you by Capstone Performance. Uh, be sure to go on our website. That's www. I got carried away with my W's there. Dot becomethecapstone.com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, if you guys that don't know, Capstone is basically a, a platform for um, fitness, wellness, um, life coaching slash biohacking. So we, we provide everything from um, customized programs for, for um, a variety of, of different athletic endeavors, um, weight loss consultation, nutrition, um, performance coaching, which we can kind of take you through a month of um, all things from improving your sleep to reducing stress to uh, really cool things like cold thermogenesis. And speaking of cold thermogenesis, we have the one, the only, the always stunning Jimmy Siepka here Today. for our podcast. Um, so as a quick introduction, we want to dig into to Jimmy's life when brought her here. But um, as we stated in our last podcast, Jimmy is a is a nurse. Um, she's a badass Spartan competitor, um, and she's going to be op- the the owner of this up and coming Valley Cryo. So without being said, Jenny, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here with the both of you. Tell us about yourself, Jenny. Okay. Yes. I always say it like that. Jenny. It's Force Gump. I can't So I met Sarah and Jeremy about a year ago at their gym. Um, I've been here in Virginia for a year, a little over a year and a half. Came from Portland, Oregon. I have been a psychiatric nurse for over 21 years. Um, inpatient, outpatient, acute, chronic. Um, all in the field of psych. Uh, Just recently, in the last year, um, I have discovered cryotherapy, whole body cryotherapy. And I discovered that in Texas when I was visiting my parents. And long story short, completely embraced the concept and uh, decided that I should be the one to bring this here to Harrisonburg, Virginia. So our doors will be opening uh, hopefully December 1st. Cool. So awesome. Yes, I'm very excited. So cool. I had no idea you've been doing that for 21 years. Yep, 21 years. I bet you've seen some interesting things. Yeah, people always ask me, well, tell me some crazy things. And I always think, oh my gosh, I've seen so much stuff that <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I think the thing that when I think about leaving nursing and embarking on a new career, I, of course, will be continuing to use my medical knowledge in my new career, but I will very much miss my, my, my patients. I, I feel like my patients um, blessed my life immensely every time I cared for them. Their signs and, um, yeah, it's been a big part of my life. and has enriched me. Um, so I will, miss, I will miss my patient population very much, but I'm excited to to embark on this new awesome uh, path of mine so you're going all in all in, all in cold all in cold <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> right <laughs> so that's you, right you won't be a nurse anymore. i won't be nursing anymore i am done at the western state hospital as of two weeks ago wow and um i'll be all in I, it will just be me it'll be a one-man show at the beginning and i know nothing about that 
Yeah, <laughs> I know, you're right, because you have so many employees, right? So right. Not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way to do it, though, you know? Yeah. And you're starting out, start small, work your way up. And yeah. So. Just grind it out. Hopefully, I will have the need to bring on an employee or two. Totally. But you're in smart. In your future. You're smart doing that. Yeah. Really smart. Yeah. Really smart. So. But it's cool because there's literally nothing cool. I keep saying, like, adjectives that are like it's cold chili <laughs> yeah. chili cold but there's nothing like that there's not right there's now not. the closest place is um i believe it's in chantilly and where is you doing that the other yeah, day yeah it's about two almost two hours away yeah um there are spots of cryotherapy centers um in dc all the major cities really throughout the united states have cryotherapy yeah. and several in a town even uh grapevine texas there's three now that's right discover cryotherapy so it's up and coming it's very popular it's exciting mm -hmm. it's new to the to the united states but it is not a new mm -hmm. therapy it originated in japan in the 70s by mm -hmm. a japanese physician hmm. so he used it to treat rheumatoid arthritis um were they doing is this was, was this an ice bath thing and in, initially because people this is this is not Ice water soaking, no. cold water soaking, right? right? So right. take me through um, a walk in the Valley Cryo. Right. What, what the hell am I getting myself what into? What are you doing <laughs> when you walk into my place? People are scared. They think, yeah. oh my God, you're going to take my blood. I said, no. Because I heard you say there's a, there's a tank coming. <laughs> that is so. not. It is a chamber. If any of you have seen a, let's say what you would call like a, a tanning booth that okay. you stand up in. Okay. Yep. We all know what that looks like. So it basically looks like that. It's a chamber. Um, you enter this chamber and you are completely enveloped ex except your head. You do not, you're not, your head is, is, is above mm -hmm. board, I should say. Um, it's a three minute session where your body is enveloped by nitrogen gas, negative mm. um, 120 degrees Whoa. Celsius. Now the difference, people say, well, why not just take an ice bath? Well, you know, it's so much cheaper. Just jump in the bathtub with some ice. Well, first of all, the, the, the physiology between an ice bath and cryotherapy works very differently. Um, cryotherapy is a three-minute session. Uh, the, the, uh, the sensors on the skin, um, they feel this extreme cold air. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they send, it sends you into, it does not penetrate your skin, though. So the, the ice bath does penetrate the skin into the muscles. So that's mm -hmm. one difference. Um, with cryotherapy, it sends your body into what's called like a fight or flight response. Yeah, so your sympathetic nervous system is Exactly. So what it does up. is it's sending your blood into your internal core system, mm -hmm. which is your heart and your lungs, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's becoming super oxygenated, full of enzymes and nutrients. So when you exit the chamber after three short minutes, it floods back to your extremities and provides all these wonderful anti-inflammatory um, healing properties, so on and so forth. In an ice bath, the pathophysiology is different because um, your blood is actually being sent away mm -hmm. from your heart and your lungs, your, your core organs, to try and uh, heat up your extremities. So when you exit your ice bath, that blood is not super oxygenated versus what you are receiving with cryotherapy. Hmm. So that is the difference there. So you survive three minutes. You, you survive three, three minutes. minutes. 
it's a very it's a, a very chilly feeling and towards the end you sometimes you get a little shake you know when i do my cryotherapy i dance around a little bit just kind of yeah. like Ooh, you. Uh, joe rogan always <laughs> says he has like one song that he always listens to to like get through his session <laughs> it is what is it i forget it was something crazy like the eye of tiger or something some vanilla ice like is, Maybe. I don't know. That would be a good one. <laughs> with it being that cold, though, is it one of the situations where it's an almost immediate numbing effect versus you have to go through this process, like with with ice baths, something we used a lot when I was in, in college right. and, and through my fight career. Like, you got to suffer a little bit because it's, I mean, it's cold, but it's not 120 degrees below Fahrenheit. Right. Cold. So the difference is, is that this nitrogen gas is not penetrating your skin. Yeah. Okay. The ice water is, mm -hmm. and in an ice bath, you need to be submerged mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. Yeah. Right, now with cryotherapy, um, I have not come across anybody that has said that it is unbearable. Yeah. It is mm -hmm. not. It is a very different kind of a cold because it's a dry, yeah. a dry cold. It needs to be experienced to really understand it, but once you do, you kind of get hooked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I cannot wait to try it. Yeah. They had them all the time at like CrossFit competitions. They would set up booths. Mm -hmm. Oh really? Um, yeah. How interesting. And and it's real it's really popular now. A lot of CrossFit CrossFit gym owners are kind of setting up mm -hmm. in their own gym. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I was always too big of a chicken to do it, even when it was free. I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I wanna <laughs> be that cold. There's gas involved. It's like, right. it's it freaked me out. Yeah. But I actually I wanna try it now. Yeah. yeah. I, I got But the inflammation stuff like that. Yeah. That's the inflammation, the inflammation. Really um, they have, uh, you know, there's a lot of naysayers out there that, that say, oh, you know, this doesn't work. It's just the fad and the celebrities and so on and so forth. But there are a lot of scientific uh, uh, studies and um, that have been done and a lot of um, lab studies for, you know, that we can't deny. Uh, for example, They've taken groups of, of the control group versus the group of people who are using cryotherapy to recover from post-injury from, from muscles. Okay, so uh, using the cryotherapy, the labs that they have drawn um, show dramatic increase in the <laughs> <laughs> anti-inflammatory um, cytokine markers yeah. and a decrease in the um, inflammatory markers. Um, and compared to the the other group who did not use cryotherapy so basically all that being said um, cryotherapy really has shown to um, dramatically decrease inflammation which we know um, not only is sustained from muscle and, and tissue breakdown um, but on another hand yeah inflammation in the body is the root of most diseases mm -hmm. as well yeah so it's it's yeah. pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, cold therapy is something that you know, Sarah and I are big advocates for. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely going to geek out here in a little bit and, and kind of dig into um, what I have found in research and in, in you know, ten years of being of being a PT. Because you know, there is some there's some controversy um, with with cold therapy, and we just got to be careful with the research that you're getting and, and how it's being applied. And really, I think with all things, there's there's proper application of things and, and timing. And what we're starting to hear is, oh, cold, cold therapy or um, uh, you know, cold thermogenesis, it, 
it may not be a good thing. And what, there's a group that's coming out of, I believe it's UCLA, so it's in California. There's a group of physicians that um, have basically been proposing the idea that we have this um, amazing hard software that we've evolved over the past 50,000 years. And so if we are evolved this far, and inflammation and swelling is part of the evolutionary process, then how dare we... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How dare we, we stop this product, which is an interesting idea. I mean, it, it made me step back and like, huh, because I, I, I certainly believe that we are... Um, sure. The best yeah. version of, of, of the homo sapiens species up, up to now. And then you start digging into more... One of my critiques of that, and I think some of the groups, any, any, any extremists have gone too far, is you start to realize that some of these groups that are really the anti-ice are also being supported and funded by compression companies. Mm-hmm. So we know rice, so rest, ice, compression, yeah. elevations, all these things that control swelling. Well, if they're saying, well, part of that rice doesn't work, you should use compression more, and they're being funded by a company that provides compression gear, your your argument to me becomes a lot less valid at that point. Now you have a, a, a ulterior motive into, to your arguments. Although I've, it, even in, in Virginia, there's there's some, some surgeons that are advocating, um, here at both sides of the spectrum, there's some doctors that I get, I get like a post-op knee patient. They want that patient cold right. for 10 hours a day. We are getting some now that are saying, well, we want to delay that. So maybe we let them swell for the first few days, and then we start to, to apply some of this cold, or we start contrasting things, you know, cold and then hot. So we're getting this pumping effect. But there's a wealth of research and meta research that, again, I'm, I'm going to dig into a little bit. Um, my thoughts within my PT clinic, with my mm-hmm. own fighting and wrestling career. But before I do that, I'm actually interested in your story. Yeah, you know, I wanted to touch on the inflammation part. Yeah. With cryotherapy, it is um, it is not recommended to jump in the cryo chamber immediately after an intense workout or an endurance run. And exactly for the reasons you being said, our bodies were made by God, with an inflammatory response, Mm -hmm. okay? And so even like when children have fevers, or we have fevers, we want to quick motronize them. We want to give them Tylenol because we want to suppress that response, okay? Mm -hmm. But really, the the fever is is fighting, Mm -hmm. is helping us fight the infection in our body. So that is interesting that you say that because... um, you know, the body does inflame for a reason, and yeah. it's always not a bad thing no. for a, a certain time. A timing. So, like, body the Timing, build. exactly. So, that's a very good point you made. Body very build, good point. Bodybuilders and strength athletes, so I use kind of a rehab example. So, maybe if you go through this major surgery within the first 24 hours, they want to let you swell. Exactly. Because they believe in Exactly. Well, in the strength world and the bodybuilding world, we also show that immediate cryotherapy following a strength session or a bodybuilding session could delay the anabolic effects because we need some of these inflammatory Absolutely. factors. Absolutely. So, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily jump in the, like you're saying, jump in the cryotherapy immediately after, but some of the things like recovery and DOMS they're going to be discussing later, it's going to be a perfect application right. for, exactly. for that. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, that's good that you mentioned that. 
rewind back. Not everyone is jumping to get into psychiatric nursing. Mm-hmm. That, I think that mm-hmm. speaks to your character a little bit. And um, of all the things you could have gone into nursing, how did you end up in, in, in psych nursing? How did I? I think that. Well, first of all, when I started nursing school, you know, I I actually did not want to be a nurse. My dad said, "I'm going to pay for your school, for you to go to college. What would you like to do?" And I said. You know, I really think I would like to be a beautician. And he's like, nope, not going to pay for that. <laughs> but you did that anyway, didn't you? I did, after yeah. being a nurse for 10 years. For you. For you. And uh, so he said, how about you just go to nursing school? And I said, oh, for goodness sakes, yeah, that's fine, I'll go. So I was probably the only student there, the only girl who did not want to be a nurse. But once I started nursing school, I, I realized that I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, and then when I got to my psych rotation... Um, I found my heart, you know, I found my heart with these people mm. and, um, it's, I, I have, I can honestly say in 21 years, I never burn out. Wow. Not one day have I gone to work and. What's the predominant like pathology that you're saying? Is it mostly anxiety, depression or is it? No, I, I mean, when you, when you're hospitalized, especially in a, a chronic setting, which I have worked mostly, uh, state hospital. Uh, work, you are suffering from chronic schizophrenia mm-hmm. or um, bipolar disorder. Um, there's a lot of, you know, and these days we have so much more, um, we kind of have evolved into calling it methophrenia because a lot of schizophrenia that you see today may not have been organic. You know, wasn't genetically loaded. It was because people have used these drugs that we have right. around. You know, have been using drugs and, and meth and all these, you know, other things for all these years. And really, they turn into what looks like a schizophrenic. And wow. now they are, uh, you know, carrying access one of of schizophrenia mm-hmm. or schizoaffective. Uh, you know, what came first? Was it were they genetically loaded with this? You know, were they born schizophrenic or you know, was it the drugs that kind of triggered that? So I would say at any given point in time, uh, drugs and alcohol addiction um, in the mental health field in the hospital is probably a good 50% yeah. of my patients, and if not more, maybe 75. Uh, so it's a lot of dual diagnosis, but... Um, is there violence? Like, do, are you have to, are very aware of there's a, boundaries and protecting yourself and... We, yes, there's been a lot of violence um, in the workplace, uh, in mental health. Um, and I can honestly say that um, it's most of the time because our patients are unmedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, not unmedicated completely, but not medicated well. Mm-hmm. I have worked in institutions where the physicians are very skilled and very good at what mm-hmm. they do. Um, and I have worked in institutions where physicians are just not, Mm -hmm. and you find higher levels of violence and, um, employee, um, you know, injuries just right and left, mainly because of that reason, not medicating patients well. Well or correctly? Correctly. Yeah, because. Correctly, yes. There, especially like now, I feel like. In the last couple of years, there's been just so much research coming out about um, all the different disorders and how 
really to respond correctly to to that medication the it is it's rare to get things right um and there's this kind of a push for a, a more like holistic approach towards towards that to like really understanding like what's going on mm-hmm. but you see it on an extreme yeah i mean holistic is kind of a word that is used in our field a lot it is used a lot i would say probably more with the way we uh interact with these patients um on a behavioral level on a compassionate level as far as medicine goes though um these people need medications Mm -hmm. you i mean uh, the, the the schizophrenics or the bipolar a lot of times I mean, you will see them stabilize on their medications, their antipsychotics or their mm-hmm. mood stabilizers, anti-seizure meds, whatever they're on. Yeah. Um, and as soon as they go off, they decompensate very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is not really, hmm, I wish I could say that we could holistically treat them in a medicinal yeah. way. Yeah. That doesn't happen with, with psych. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that can't happen with what I might call your, quote, garden variety uh, depressed patient, mm-hmm. you know, um, do they need to be medicated forever? No, possibly not. They don't. Mm-hmm. And a large majority of them do not need to be on antidepressants, SSRIs, or you know what, forever. Um, some people can have a holistic approach with mm-hmm. alternative, with anxiety, you know, uh, PTSD, all kinds of things like that. But unfortunately, yeah. with but yeah, I totally agree. There's such a big difference between like yeah. you're feeling sad to like you're hearing people. <laughs> There's two. Yeah, no, they're completely yeah. all different diagnoses. Yeah, yeah. for they're sure. Two, two different. It's a whole. It's it's you know, psych is so hard for people to understand because you can't you can't draw blood and and see it like you right. know a diabetic. You can draw a glucose level mm-hmm. or you know uh, with other things you know liver failure people with kidney disease oh here's lab studies but I, I'm not going to be able to prove that you're bipolar that you're schizophrenic or I'm not going to be able to prove that you're depressed because I can't I can't really so yeah. it's all this kind of ethereal you know um, psych it's just very hard to understand um, by the lay person to really mm-hmm. grasp it and really appreciate it yeah, you know. So, what's a day in the life then? What's a this average day of work for you look like? What are you doing as a psych nurse? That's a good question. People always say, "Well, what do you what do you do?" Or is there an average day? <laughs> yeah. You know what I say in psych nursing? There is never a boring day. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> there is never a boring day. It's like physical therapy. <laughs> physical therapy in Elkton, right? It's, there's, right. There's never a boring. You day. could walk through the door and you could have a load of poop thrown at your face yeah. at the minute you walk through. Or a fight, you know, happen, or somebody come up and throw a punch at you, or a patient climbing on the furniture, or up the wall, or I've had patients climb up into the ducts, the vents of the ceiling, and the fire department comes. I mean, (laughs) we have, I, I say I've seen it all, but every time I say I've seen it all, something happens, and I say, oh, good Lord, I cannot believe I just saw that. So you're like putting out small fires all day. All day long, yeah. So, you know, it's not the type of nursing that everybody can do because it, <laughs> it, takes, it does take skill. Mm-hmm. And I would say it takes a good 
solid eight to ten years as a psych nurse to say you're really seasoned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. So were you an athlete in Portland? Yes. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I was an athlete. I've been... I have been athletic my whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always, you know, in high school I ran track, I played field hockey. Um, I've always played sports. I've always been a runner. I would say that probably after I had my son, when I was 39, um, I entered the OCR world. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, from what I understand, has worked out very well for you. It's, it's been fun. It's so been for exciting. For those that don't people, that people that might not know, OCR world. OCR is obstacle course racing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when I lived in Portland, I had one of my... Uh, this guy at the gym, he says to me, oh, you should check the Spartan race out online. And I said, oh, he said, yeah, because it seems like you'd really like it. So I looked at it, the YouTube video, and I see like this guy jumping over a fire. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I could never do that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, the end where you jump over the fire. Yeah. My heart was beating and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never do anything like that. Well, I did, so I signed up for it, and one thing led to another, and... And now you're just a rock star. Well, I don't know. I, went, I, I, I wouldn't say that. So how many Spartans have you done now? Do you even know? You know, I mean, I've, I've, I, I got my trifecta mm -hmm. last year, so I did the Spartan uh, Sprint, Super, Beast, Ultra Beast, and mm -hmm. then went on to do the Agogi. So what's the difference in those? So basically the the... The, the Sprint, Super, Beast, Ultra Beast, they're all OCR. They're all obstacle course races. Mm -hmm. And Ultra Beast is 32 miles, and the Sprint is four. But See, did you say that's, thir a, that's a long miles? sprint. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Sprint is four miles. The Ultra Beast is 32. 32. That's but a big jump. It, like, you'd think right. that there'd be something in the middle well, there. They have the Sprint, Super, Beast, yeah. Ultra oh, Beast. Okay, gotcha. And so, but the whole course is obstacles. Mm -hmm. Okay. So those are the art OCR portion of Spartan. Is which, it always the same obstacles with Spartan? No, they're, they're all different. Um, they have some that are standard, mm -hmm. but they try and mix them up. I mean, they have Spartans all over the world. They yeah. have them like in every single state in the United States and all over the world. I saw the Spartan World Championships were happening in Tahoe, and there's literally like yeah. Team Japan, yeah. Team Greenland. Yeah, like I had a friend from Norway there with her team. Yeah, yeah. from all over the world. Crazy. So how do you then how would you would you qualify for the Spartan World Championships? How would you? Yeah. Um, do you have to, I guess, win an event? Or? No, you don't. I mean, you basically have to uh, finish the uh, the endurance ones, the, the Ultra Beast. I mean, like mm -hmm. my friend. Um, and you can be invited to them. Mm -hmm. um, and you go as a team. Okay. Um, they just had the World Obstacle Course Race in Canada, which has nothing to do with Spartan. Actually, it's a whole different OCR. There's so many different OCRs. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Spartan is the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Like, they're the Mac Daddy. But um, they just had the Worlds in Canada. Um, the part of Spartan that I have found that I like the most is the endurance part, which is not the OCR. I, I enjoy the OCR. They're fun. I feel like they're kind of rote. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're doing the obstacles, and that's cool. 
I found that I like the Endurance. Um, they have hurricane heats, which I just did a 14-hour one the other week, and it, it's held overnight. So what's that? Well, um, basically, hurricane heat is uh, a group of people that start. 57 of us started and 15 of us finished. Whoa. You're given time hacks. So basically, and uh, activities you got to do. Uh, so basically, carry sandbags. At one point, I was dragging over 200 pounds of sand behind me with one on my back for miles from like 12 midnight until 3.30 in the morning. And that's, that's like your task. That's your task. And if you don't meet a certain area by a certain time, you're out. You go home. You know, and you don't know what your time hack's going to be, right? <laughs> you just have to get it. Basically. You just, you got to get it. Yeah. And, you know. This is, you're saying, <laughs> this is before the Spartan race. So you're doing this the day before everybody else is there to race? Is yeah. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, the hurricane heats are before the, the race. So you're going to do this and then you're going to do the race? No, I didn't do the race the next day. Because, and some people do. Yeah. But I could. <laughs> But I don't want to, yeah. because yeah. when I do a race, I want to do it really good. Yeah. And I want my time to be well. Most of the people who do the race after the hurricane heats, they walk the course to have yeah. fun. But I'd rather just go drink some beer. That's right. <laughs> True. I mean, after carrying 200 pounds of sand. But by the end of the hurricane heats, I mean, every time I've done an endurance event, I end up at Harrisonburg Family Practice asking for antibiotics because I have cellulitis from cuts and oh, <laughs> infections. No. Yeah. My doctor said, what? why Why do you do this again? Because mm -hmm. I love it. He said, yeah. I should just probably give you a standing order for some Mountain." I'm like, you probably should. Which is, which, is a, <laughs> which is a great question. Yeah. Why? 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 Why, why do you compete? In order, in the, Forget competing. Why do you participate in these things? The endurance events, especially, um, the crazy amount of adrenaline and endorphins that you feel. I'm not a huge person. I weigh 124 pounds. But the amount of weight that I find myself that I can carry mm -hmm. and push and drag, I don't necessarily feel that it's physically because I can do it. But I'll tell you that my mind can. My my mind can do it, and when I feel like I'm pulling all that weight behind me, and I stop, and I think, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I dig way down into my 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 heart, and somehow it just it comes, and I just you know I keep moving on, um, and that part of it is exhilarating. It's something. It's like you chase after it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because once you feel that feeling, yeah, you, just, you don't really get it anywhere else. You, you only you know don't. one place that you can go Right, back and so I say I'm done with my endurance events for this year, but now I keep looking to see where the next hurricane heat is mm -hmm. <laughs> because I want to go get that again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I get that 100%. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You, I guess you don't get enough adrenaline, you know, battling schizophrenics. Right, on a right exactly. Just, one poop away from your face. <laughs> Got to find it somewhere else. Yeah. That's awesome. My answer, so, yeah, so there's, adrenaline's a hell of a drug, right? Yeah. It would be a, a way of, of saying that, but um, th there's just something about the human spirit in finding struggle and overcoming struggle, and 
you, this is a, it's been a common theme with some other podcasts or some books that I've read. The fact that it, it hasn't been that long, right, where we've been very comfortable. You look at even our great grandparents' generation, and just with the, like they had to, you know, need to build a fire because there wasn't electricity. So just the, the average act of, you know, preparing a meal, getting warm, um, staying out of the elements. It wasn't that long ago here in human history where life was just much harder. And now yeah. we've evolved technology, technologically so fast that all of a sudden now we're just these, these creatures of comfort where we can walk into our house and it's warm there and I can hit the microwave and everything is so instant. There's a lot of self instant gratification things where yeah. we just don't, we are not built to be in a living room like this with we have a heater on and we got food in a, in a, in a refrigerator we have this existence that we're living in is is a split second in the timeline of, of, of human evolution so i think there's some of us you being one of them that is just are still very much connected to this root of human survival and human evolution that's mm-hmm. hard to explain and I have, I wrestled my whole life. I have engaged in hand-to-hand combat inside of a cage, but I've also done some of these in grueling endurance events. And I would, of all that, I would tell you that the most, call it spiritual or, or you know, psychological improvements or or my own evolution is just a, of of Jeremy, have come in those endurance events. And I, I, I asked, my, my friend asked me, and he's, he's like, what was that like? And I said, I forget where, I, I read this in a novel, but I was like, it's trimming the fat from my soul. Mm. It's trimming the fat from my soul. Where I came out of that, and I was just a harder version of myself. Yeah. I was more capable of enduring cold and suffering and pain. And then when you get back to regular life, and I'm sitting in traffic, and the person in front of me is not moving, I don't care. Right. Because it's not that big of a freaking deal. Right. right? I have yeah, to wait five extra minutes for my meal to get ready. I'm not going to get upset about that. Yeah. But you see people that don't engage in hard things every day. Right. Like, you see, like, road rage and impatience and all and. I, I think a lot of it's attributed to, like, you just haven't done enough hard shit that day, because if you have... Or you make this part of your, your life and your training, you wouldn't be so flipping upset that some mundane fill in the blank thing happened. Um, I think that's most, for me, the most beautiful thing about what obstacle course racing has been able to provide for the world right now. I really think it's it's in CrossFit jumped on that too because yeah. it's hard. Yeah. But um, you see this worldwide explosion of obstacle course racing one is community too we're very social beings and so now we're you recognize that emblem right that other spartan emblem from people you're like that person also does hard shit Mm -hmm. and i can understand i can appreciate it that we're both we're both suffering and we both have this connection to there's just something down inside of our of our soul and our spirit that's that we're we are both aware of and we have we can connect to that um i think it's a really powerful thing I think you should, should be encouraged. Absolutely. Yeah. I think another thing with Spartan is that 
not even just Spartan. I mean, the, the, just the 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 training that I've done. Um, my kids watch me. It's an example. And it's not that I'm just going to the gym and standing on a treadmill or lifting some dumbbells. You know, they see me out in the driveway when it's raining and I'm pushing wheelbarrows and I'm mm -hmm. dragging logs around and chopping wood and, you know, climbing trees. And, and Hunter says, Mom, what are you going to train today? You know, and or you can't go out there. It's raining. No, Hunter, it, it's raining, but you're still going to go out there. You know, mm -hmm. the example that we're setting for our kids, it's not that, oh, you got to be a badass, but it's called doing the work, putting mm -hmm. it in. And and reaping the benefits, whether it's how you feel, uh, you know, um, or whatever in life. You know, teaching your kids you don't quit. Mm -hmm. If something doesn't feel good, you don't walk away. Mm -hmm. You know what? If you're hurt, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't feel good and you're, you know what, let's try it again. And maybe I'll walk beside you and we'll do it together. But we're not going to quit. We're going we're gonna to do this. Yeah. You know, teaching your kids that life is not easy and it's not all about physicality, but I feel that it's a foundation for it, mm -hmm. a big one, you mm -hmm. know, um, moving with a purpose. I tell mm -hmm. my kids that you have the when you move, the time. you move with a purpose, you don't just do it halfway. Mm -hmm. And that's like more important <laughs> now than ever. Right. It is. Like so, but that's always, well, not always, but. That's been my why, at least now, for five years. It's my boys. Right. You know, that's my why. That's why I do what I do. Right. It's um, not for them, necessarily. Like, because really, you never do something for other people, necessarily. But it's more to inspire them. You both set a great example for your children. Yeah. I just hope that... Because, you know, there's not probably a lot of people that just go outside and work out by themselves like that's probably not a common thing these days right hopefully it becomes more but Caden every day is like well, are you going to go outside are you going to go mm -hmm. out to the garage and he'll come out there with me and ride his bike and I'll look over and he's doing burpees mm -hmm. on his own you know but I think like instilling that in your kids he so sees important. yourself motivating yeah and you don't need somebody to come kick kick your butt you're going too. out there and or doing it like yourself the, <laughs> it's okay like he sees it's hard yeah you know what I mean? Sure. So he's seeing somebody that he cares about putting themselves in a bad spot. Yeah. And like for him to see that that's okay and that's normal to like push yourself and like be in a bad spot. Like I think that's important. No, too. I agree with you. Know, you. Like, totally. Didn't you say he like set up a circuit? Yeah, he set up his own circuit. That's like awesome. I was in there. Tell, tell that story. <laughs> I was in there squatting. It was horrible. It was 10 sets of five. Like that sucks. Um. And I was doing it, at first he was like riding his bike, and um, I went over, I was like putting different weights on, and I'll go over, and this is on my Snapchat story, so if you follow me on Snapchat, you can see it. But I look over, I'm like, Kim, what are you doing? And he has a wall ball, which, mind you, weighs 20 pounds, and he's like, legit like 39 pounds, like that's how much my kid weighs. And he is picking it up and throwing it over his shoulder, he's doing burpees. He's doing sit-ups and he's That's doing awesome. what he calls them, squats because he can't say squats. I'm doing squats. That's cute. And he, and I asked him what he's doing. He's like, I'm doing my workout, mom. So you just never know what your kids see. Oh, they watch positive it. They, they see everything. They, see they everything. watch it. They hear everything. They watch everything you do. And that's a scary thought, right? But hopefully, they see more good than than other. 
<laughs> but as much as we control it, like, I hope that my kids, like, look back and they remember, like, right. mommy and daddy, they, they put in hard work, right. you know, whether it's fitness, but also just everything else that we do. And putting into other people, you know, it's not yeah. just about putting into ourselves. I mean, we put into ourselves to better ourselves and I feel like in turn we but in mm -hmm. we better our children because we're better people and better parents for them but yeah. they see how we treat other people yeah um, and give mm -hmm. you know give to others um, and set examples for them it's a huge like responsibility isn't it <laughs> it is and you have two 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 yep that's awesome Hannah will be 22 next month that's a whole different, that's a whole different, <laughs> yeah, situation. I can't imagine Kaden being 22. I know. That blows my mind. She's still at home. I never want her to move out. Uh, you guys are so close, though. I know, we are. That's awesome. That's so cool. So, other than, so you have this Spartan Racing going on. And you're opening you up your won? business. Yeah. You well, we didn't even talk about the the goji. Yeah, I want to hear about that. So what? So, well, that one was crazy. Well, I you, you just won a thing, right? Did you just win a thing? I, you know, I did, I didn't compete elite in that one. I did compete in the open, right, in the open heat, but I, I, I came in. You came in first place, yeah, which I, is winning. No, I, I came in number one female out of thirteen hundred. That's a big deal. Holy crap. But I came in 45th place out of 3,500. But That's crazy. It was it was my best race ever I for 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 time. What, yeah. do, you, what do you attribute that to? Do you think it's experience or are you training differently? Or? Um you know, I don't conquer all of the obstacles. I do fall off a couple. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm flying mm -hmm. through the obstacles. I do well in most of them. Um my, where I make up my time very well is I spend most of my time training on my own in the mountains. Mm. Um, yeah, you post videos of you like hacking down wood and pushing down wheelbarrows. And yeah, I'm, I do a lot of trail stuff. running, so I'm used to that terrain. You know, people, and uh, so a lot of times people think that training for Spartans, they should be training on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Well, if you can do that. You can. But you need to be able to run fast on trails and that's so different with rocks mm -hmm. and roots and you know it is so different mm -hmm. so when i get to these races um i make my time really well because i i can fly really fast on the terrain mm -hmm. um i think i would i would attribute it to that and also um i never pace myself and uh, that's one thing I don't do. I, I have never paced myself in a race. I just I just go out full hmm. full on <laughs> balls to the walls mm -hmm. and uh, um That's either you're gonna you're gonna win or you're gonna just explode. Or I'm just gonna explode. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I am gonna explode inside. I feel like oh my god, my heart is gonna just jump right out onto the on the trail, but um I don't pace myself. I just I just, uh, you know, go. Hmm. So you won that recently, but the one before that, or two ones before that, the... So the Agogi yeah. um, was formerly called the Death Race, the Spartan Death Race. Makes sense. That sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds like a fun afternoon. They have renamed it. 
since then. Did somebody die? Is that why they renamed no, it? No, nobody okay. died, but I think they renamed it because it really wasn't a positive kind of a yeah, connotation. It's probably not a good <laughs> thing. So instead of their major, I think the death race was more just about breaking people down. Mm-hmm. And really maybe two, three people finished the death race. Dang. Yeah. So with the Gogi, it's more about breaking us down and then building us up again. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gogi was something that was completely different. It's not an obstacle course race. This is where I carried 60 pounds on my back for 65 hours. Um, we had five MREs with us, and we only got to eat when they told us to eat. No extra snacks, no extra nothing. Uh, we got our water from swampy ponds, oh, through, no through, you know, through, through our iodine tablets in mm-hmm. there. So we were stuck in water with sand and, yep. welcome, you know, welcome to the suck. You just embrace the suck. Yeah. You do. You pee in your pants while you're walking <laughs> You because you didn't take bathroom breaks. You didn't. This is insane. You just didn't do that. Wow. And so... You know, just PT for hours at night. Just doing... So, what about sleep? No sleep. Okay. Now, they gave us probably three and a half hours total we could sleep. Um, I have a very severe sleeping disorder, so I can't sleep without I I feel like I remember a story. About me hallucinating? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Because you were legit hallucinating at that time frame. Yeah. Right, without sleep deprivation at that hour. So, like at the end, right? I I did well. I did well with the no sleep until the last twenty three mile hike to, to the end. And I the I'm last twenty three mile hike at the end. And I remember I'm walking with my pack on, and all of a sudden, Pinky bands. And no, all of a sudden I'm walking, and then all of a sudden I started going like this, like I'm walking down the stairs, <laughs> and I get lower to the ground. And I'm like, yeah, we're going down the stairs now. And I had my 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 people say, Jenny, you got it. Come on, keep going. And then I I knew I started laughing. And I I knew I was disorganized. Yeah. I knew like that I was starting to become very disorganized. What I didn't realize is how disorganized I really was because mm-hmm. of the stories that I got told afterwards that the trees were talking to me and yeah. I was laughing. And I was running up to the front and saying, where am I supposed to be? <laughs> I, I do have a picture of the very, I don't remember it, somebody took a picture of me. And I literally looked like I had been smacked across the face 25 times. And I was like, <laughs> it didn't even look like me. Like, yeah. it really didn't look like me. So I think that I can say the most grueling part of this race was mentally. Mm-hmm. Because physically, you're done. I could do all these things, and even when I was hallucinating at the end, we still had to low crawl for a mile, do 100 burpees, which I don't remember doing any of them, and then stand in an ice-cold pond up to our neck for an hour while they graduated us. And I remember a little bit of that. So you checked out. I, I checked out. You checked out. And I then, checked out. And then like your body was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do all this. No, I just remember afterwards standing around and trying to think like I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed and to do. And you think that was the sleep deprivation? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. For sure. So you come out of that though. And now doesn't that redefine your life a little bit? Oh, it so, absolutely did. So 
like what now makes you quit? Like what, what, you know, like what, what would make you quit at this point after going through something like that? Did, didn't that redefine your standards yeah. of life? You know, I went into a gogi saying that like I'm gonna do this until I can't do it anymore. Like I might not finish, mm-hmm. but I did. Um, it's kind of strange to say that like I would like to do an endurance event that would break me and I would fail Mm -hmm. to understand that. And I, it will happen to Mm -hmm. me at, at some point it happens to everyone, Mm -hmm. but I'll never quit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you, you understand that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I literally would have to have, bones breaker mm-hmm. you know Something like that would make you have like to i couldn't move check, yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean you don't remember the end of your race and you didn't quit right right mm-hmm. <laughs> peeing in my pants would be enough like that'd be yeah. it i'm done <laughs> <laughs> these some races are not for me man i like it's on my bucket list of things to do but i'm like he did one what was like Biking, hiking, three days? It was it was over 30 hours. What was it? I remember you told me about yeah. that. Yeah. Is that the No, that was Train to Hunt. That Train to Hunt wasn't near as hard as I did the, just a, it was an Odyssey adventure race, and I was very ill-prepared for that. Basically, my, my endurance training was MMA. Okay. And I was like, oh, clearly I can do this. Then... <laughs> This should, you know, a 15-minute fight should clearly transfer over into a 30-hour exercise. <laughs> like, I literally did zero extra training for that. And about halfway through that shit, I realized I had made a mistake. So too late. Yeah. And wow. so the same yeah. thing. It's yeah. like, well, I can, like, I can quit or I can just, I can just suffer until I'm going to die out here. But I and did, then what happened? But I didn't. I did have a horrible, this is a funny story. I split my taint, right? I don't. So taint. So it's the, the so, space between. Yes. Your. I think the anatomy. Butt and your balls. Right? Yeah. So the, the I, <laughs> I believe. No. Oh my god, that's horrible. I believe the anatomical <laughs> location is perineum. I believe. That's been, for women, it's, isn't it's it? It's been a while. Is it both? Men, well, men and women. Right, well, so my perineum. Everybody knows this is the taint, right? No, I don't. I never knew that. No, I, I, never I do. The taint? No, I didn't know that. That's the taint. That. The taint area. <laughs> well, taint discussion after this. Is baby. it tinted a certain color? No, just the taint. Well, I guess the I mean, taint's not Maybe some people. Right, and mine okay. is the same How color as the rest of my parts. I don't have a discolored taint. You would know. But thanks for asking. So you split the tank. So, all right. So I was in off. What I found out during the, this excursion in my life is that I'm an awful mountain biker. Probably should have trained for that. Oh. But this race started with basically we had to ride up this this damn mountain. They called it Dragon's Back or something. But it's like okay, we start things nice and we were high fiving and clapping. All of a sudden, it was like up. It was like a 60-degree angle up, wow. and you cannot see the end of this thing. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So about 20 yards into that, I realized that I can walk faster than I can pedal this bicycle, and there's all these other people just flying up it. Yeah. So I start. I had to get off my bike and start walking. While I'm being an idiot, I, did, I was wearing my clipped-in bicycle shoes, which are not designed for walking. 
So I walk up this oh I walk God. up this horrible mountain. I'm so far behind at this point that I'm just infuriated that these other humans around me are winning as as much as they are winning and I'm so far behind yeah. that I was like, I'm gonna get to the top of this mountain and I'm gonna get it. I was like, I don't care how hard I have to ride down this thing, if I have to die and wrap myself around a tree, I'm okay doing that because I'm gonna pass some people going down this hill. Because everybody else was just like all these hairpins and you know people putting their brakes. Like I'm not gonna touch my brakes going down this mountain because I, I need I need to make up some ground. That was a mistake. So I started getting it down this mountain, just flying, and I was actually uh, you know passing some people. And what I didn't see was there's like the path kind of went around this pit. I didn't know it was a pit until I was flying into it. So oh. it was like, oh, there was a there was a the path, and then there was a twelve foot, like, like in Viet, like a punji pit in Vietnam, like this drop. Well, I went down this thing because I was going so fast and not paying attention to my my surroundings, and I dropped, and my bicycle seat went up into my taint. And the, the first oh, thing that I thought, like I, I felt, oh, I knew it was gosh. bad, and I hit it and just made this hor. I remember making like this horrible goat-like. Death noise, like, Ugh! and oh. I get out of the pit and I'm like walking, and I, and I knew it was bad, and I put my hand in my taint and I pull it out and I'm just my hands is covered in blood. Oh, and I wow. was like, oh I just, gosh, I was like, I just ripped my ball sack off. <laughs> I just lost. I was like, I just they're gone. Then what'd you do? So get back on the bike. I had. I had the. He did it, didn't he? Oh, bike. so I was like, I reached down and I was like, that's bad. But then I like, I got the goal to like get off the side of the trail, take my bike shorts off, and and check the parts. I was like, the boys are still there, all right? Saddle up, and that's what I did. And and I saddled going. up and get I did it. That, that was like literally like hour three of a of like a thirty hour race. Wow. Um, but that was when I said that I trimmed the fat from my soul mm -hmm. because, and I learned, I was, I didn't know anything about race nutrition at that point or proper hydration. The only thing that I had was a, was a go button and just like this, uh, the thought of quitting just basically infuriates me. And right. that was the only thing that kind of, kind of kept me wrong. But yeah, there's the taint rip story, but uh, it's all good. I got two boys now, so everything turned out functional after that, but... Don't ride your bike into a punchy pit. <laughs> lesson of this podcast. Maybe that might be the lesson of today. It's awful. I know it. That's gross, too. It's pretty gross. That's pretty that gross. is. Well, he checked. Is, is, you know, everything. Get back on, and he's going to finish that damn race. I did. That's right. That's a skill. If you look down, and your body's bleeding. Well, it still works. You can mm -hmm. deal with it once you're, you finish... You, you cross the finish line. You can deal with your injury. And actually, the <laughs> like the initial like the acute injury was far worse than like you know at hour fourteen once that that sob had scabbed over. Right. And because yeah. the, the race was like you had to change mode. So like from you know from point B to point C, you know you had to you know get there via bike mm -hmm. and then when you park your bike and they would like load them up on trailers and then from you know c to d it had to be on foot or canoe and so it was kind of cool oh, wow. like you okay. would sure and you had to navigate it so you had, you had these military points you had to like go through this navigation Did you course. have to use a compass well initially okay. and you, had, you, had, you had a map wow. and they would they would basically the course 
when he got there the day before, they had all these military coordinates. And it was like, you had to, basically, it's like a, it's like a passport. So you would have to find, like, these boxes in the woods. Now, if you're a big group, you, you would see it. But a lot of times, you're by yourself. And so you have to navigate, and you would have to find these boxes that contain these stamps. And I got out this passport, and I had to stamp that I was at this spot. And if you got to the end and you didn't have all your stamps, then you you were disqualified. So you had to actually there's some navigation. So and all they told you was you had to get to this point via bike or this point via canoe and stamp it. But they didn't tell you how what what the you could, if you looked at something it was a cliff and you wanted to, you wanted to climb that climb it. Or you could look at the map train and say okay there's a there's a hiking path that goes around this cliff. I need to go around this hiking, you know, go around this hike. I got to go up this ridge, go over two mountain peaks, and I'm going to find it on this ridge top. See, it was a, there's a lot of navigation involved too, which once you start getting, you know, you start like you, you start getting crazy and you start walking down a staircase that's not there. Mm-hmm. Finding some points in the middle of the daggone forest becomes pretty challenging. Right, exactly. Um, so it's like very mental too. Sure. Which was challenging, but um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. by, so you're, you know, I'm on foot, and then they get that guy this. My taint, time to scab, and then all of a sudden, you know, now you're back on the bike. Now you're just all scabbed up, so you got to get back on the bike, and it just unrip, it rips back open. That's and, gross. We're done with oh, the taint top. Yeah. What's well, amazing when your mind, when you you're tired, mm-hmm. your body's hurt, you're hungry, you know, and you know you should be able to to navigate or to problem solve, and your your mind's just not letting you do that like it normally would, and and that that sometimes when you're in that situation it becomes fright, frightening because mm-hmm. you think is this going to be the end of me out here mm-hmm. right now because my mind's going to screw up right mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like that gave you a better understanding with like your patients at all like empathetically um no i think it's i think it's i think that that would be different i mean empathetically i would say that i the one time in my life I would be able to identify with my patients um, on a, a, a more real level was when I experienced postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, very seriously, I experienced that. So I would say that that would be an experience in my life that really, really made me more empathetic and understanding towards yeah. what people experience when they have depression. I think mm-hmm. that... Um, Probably my endurance racing, I don't really relate that to my patients um, so much. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Unless you're <laughs> I think that... Maybe. Unless I go, oh, oh, gotcha. Oh, yes. You yeah. know what? Okay, I, I wasn't understanding your question. Yeah. When I was I mean, I feel like... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Talking to trees. Yeah. Well, no, I don't remember that part. <laughs> right. But see, no, okay, I'm sorry. No, I do understand your question now. Yes, I mean, actually, I hadn't thought about it to now. In a way, yeah. You you know, I, sometimes, well, you know, a lot of times with my patients, they're not cognizant of the fact that they are delusional, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So yeah. that, you know, is one thing. But um, And sometimes they are. They know that what they're experiencing isn't, what other people are experiencing. So sometimes they do have that insight. But when I was out there and I knew that I was becoming disorganized, it was really scary. Hmm. 
So, yeah, in a way, and that's interesting, you know, um, I wasn't able to control my thinking. I wasn't able to get a grip on reality. Mm -hmm. Reality because my patients have lost touch with reality. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One day I'm going to do one of these races. Hmm. One day. Which one? The OCR or an endurance one? The basics. We're talking the ones where you can walk and do burpees instead of climb stuff. Gotcha. Whichever one that is. You can do a Spartan, like a Spartan sprint. Yeah. Is that the four mile one? Mm -hmm. So are you doing, is everybody starting the same and you're doing like the first four miles and then if you're doing the beast or whatever, the, the sprint guys are done, but you can continue on, but the first four miles is the same. The three Not miles really. So different courses. They actually like they're, for instance, okay, something's coming up. It's called uh, the New Jersey um, Super Weekend. It's called the New Jersey Super Weekend. That means it's going to be just the super. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be like the 9.2 miles. Or they could have the um, DC sprint and super but they're not going to be at the same time mm-hmm. okay now the only difference would be the two that can be at the same time are the beast and the ultra beast because the ultra beast is essentially two rounds of the beast gotcha. so people that are doing the beast are gonna stop stop and the ultra beast people you know keep going, <laughs> keep going. but um and then the hurricane heats are usually overnight. They have six-hour ones and then the 12-hour or 14-hour ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are completely at different times than the, you know. But they have, like, the uh, Dallas is coming up. It's a Dallas Beast weekend and Dallas Ultra Beast. So they're not going to have a sprint and super mm-hmm. there. What's your next one? Well, I said I was done um, <laughs> for the season, and I might be. Um, but my goal for this year is to, uh, complete my Spartan Delta. So basically what that means is that I've done all of the races, um, that Spartan has to offer, which I have. Um, but I do need to complete my SGX training. So basically that's, uh, an obstacle course Mm -hmm. specialist training. So it's, um, you go, it's nine to six 30. Um, and one of the elite obstacle racers teaches you, you know, this kind of thing. So basically I'm an SGX coach okay. and I'll have my certification. Um, so what does that mean then? That's a piece of your pie for your Delta. Okay. So it's just something that Spartan requires you to have Okay. to say that you have your Delta, which is kind of a big deal. Okay. So, um, I'm probably going to go up to Jersey November 4th my SGX training so I can be done with my Delta but then I know they have a hurricane heat up there that same weekend which I really am tempted to do but so then will you be, then be able to like coach other Spartan athletes mm-hmm. and yeah is that a goal of yours um I you know I've never had a goal of mine to be a personal trainer in a gym or anything even of the sort but I um feel that um I would be not so much an OCR trainer, but an endurance um, event trainer. I think that I would be pretty awesome at, at that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a goal of mine right now, but I think that um, I would 
be very well qualified. Sure. I have trained myself. I have had trainers mm -hmm. at gyms um, to help me train for Beast and Ultra Beast, which I really realized at the end of the day, my training is was not to be. It was not to be in a gym. It was, you know, not lifting. You know. Um, doing battle ropes and that kind of stuff. It really was outside doing stuff that I have learned along the way that how to train your body mm -hmm. to, to excel in these endurance events. Yeah, sport specific, right? So you have to mimic the mimic right. the terrain, the environment, exactly. the temperatures of, exactly. of what you're doing, which is what a lot of I try to do when exactly. I'm coaching these various athletes in these various different endeavors. And you need to reproduce the sport as close as possible. Exactly. And for like my mountain, I do like mountain fit programming for people that want to do outside stuff. Like you need to get out of the gym. Yeah. yeah. And get in the woods, right. or the park, or whatever, yeah. and get outside because it is just different. It's totally different, for sure. And then they can, you can set up like your little chamber, and then you can have like your athletes and <laughs> film in there. It's perfect business model. I do have people to say to me, "Can you train me to do these Spartan endurance events?" And I'm like, "I don't really think you want me to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass. I don't want to do that." <laughs> I know personally. I I'll, be, I'll be racing behind you up the mountain, and you're going to say, I, I think I'm done now. I will stick to punching things. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you do that very well. well I watch fun. your videos, and I'm like, God, oh, girl, look at you. <laughs> but I'm not climbing up mountains. So, hey, but, you know what? That's the beauty of us all. We all have these like really cool things that we excel at because like, yeah. if we we're all good at the same thing, yeah. I can't do a squat to save my soul. <laughs> no, seriously, I can't. Look at my butt. You can see I yeah, can't do a yeah. squat. You don't well, like I don't do squats. You don't like them. You don't like them at all. You never like those. No. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like most people say the same thing about me. Like, I would never want to spar or get in a cage like what you do. Like, I never want to. Why would I want to do that? So we each have our weird things yeah, that I we do. That kind I of, like, whatever, like, lights our fire. Right. You know? But... I know Jeremy has like some really cool things about yes cold thermogenesis. Cold thermogenesis. To so geek out. so something I want to do. Um, I told Sarah I wanted to geek out a little bit because um, I think it's going to help our, our listeners um, kind of get an understanding and appreciation for really what cold can do and um, why you should probably be going to go see Jenny at the New Valley Cryo opening November December, December. chilly December ish. Right. Ish. So, I wrote this down so that I wouldn't tangent. Because if I start going into any one of these subjects, I will go into a forty-five minute tangent, easy. So I figure when I write things down, it's gonna keep keep me on track. So I made a list of what I thought the top five reasons why you should be doing um, cold therapy or engaging in cold thermogenesis. Right, guys. So, um, the first one I think would be. Uh, the most well-known one would be recovery, with and, and um, which the one that's pitched the most. And again, this is the, I'm, I'm deriving off a lot of clinical studies and medical research, but in particular, we're dealing with DOMS, right? So you've, you've heard that term. So that's delayed onset muscle soreness. Uh, this is particularly nasty when you're doing. Um, eccentric movements or negative, so things like squats or like pull-ups or for you um, OCR racers like running down hills, 
Um, these are things that are just going to destroy your muscles. Or if you're kind of new to an to a, a exercise program, that's this, I'm going to call it a phenomenon, but it's just this thing that happens to you. And it can be 24 to 72 hours after your exercise where you get incredibly sore, like flu-like sore. I'm a 48-hour guy, so like um, today, like I, my chest is crazy sore because I did a workout with 300 push-ups, but I did that on Sunday. I wasn't sore at all yesterday, right? But I was like, you, I could have done bench press or put more push-ups. It wouldn't have mattered. But I'm super sore today, so that's and everybody's different. But typically, it's in the 24, 24 to 72 hour process. But what we know and it's been proven with um, cold is that it is a powerful anti-inflammatory, like, like Jimmy said, and it can significantly reduce your DOMS. And for us in the performance world, that means that you're back in the gym, you're back on the mountain, you're back on the field much quicker, and you're not losing training days. So recovery means you're going to be able to ramp up your volume, get back into, into the intensity work. And so um, number one would be you need to do good at Valley Cryo because it's going to help your recovery. Okay, number two, this is uh, a big one, one of my favorites, is actually weight loss. And there's, there's a couple reasons why cold actually helps you lose weight. Um, the first one is kind of a more of a hormonal basis. So what, what they've shown in medical research is that cold actually increases adiponectin. So adiponectin is a hormone that actually uh, helps you mobilize body fat. Uh, we know that actually with increased levels of cortisol or the stress hormones, this, is, this hormone actually gets inhibited. So we, if you are, this is why people that are, are, are super stressed, they can work their butt off in the gym and eat right and still not see a lot of weight, weight loss because they have chronically elevated cortisol levels. That's going to inhibit your body's adiponectin production, which is what allows you to break down body fat. But cold actually increases adiponectin, so you're going to actually mobilize body uh, fat easier, and it increases your glucose utilization. So we know that basically unused glucose in the blood ends up going, getting converted into to body fat, to, to, to white body fat, and that's not the good stuff that you want. So with cold, your body, it's a, and that's actually it's based off the, the sympathetic nervous system, like Jenny was talking about, how your, your CNS gets fired up on this fight or flight, your, your, your body will increase its uh, glucose utilization. Um, the other one is uh, cold increases your brown, adipat, your brown adipose tissue, or, or your bat. Um, and so the difference in there's basically two types of fat. There's white fat and brown fat. And I remember very vividly when I was in PT school cutting in my, my cadaver, Big Bob. He's a big boy. You cut through that skin and it was like, it looked like kind of like white cream corn, right? Mm -hmm. That's, well, we need some body fat, but we don't want as much as Big Bob have. This is the type, this is the body fat that gives you rolls and um, people, you know, the, the, the cottage cheese look. It, that's what we don't want. Well, the other type of fat is brown adipose tissue, and it's actually brown. Why it's brown is because it's full of mitochondria, mitochondria being the powerhouses of our cell. These are the, these are the energy producers. It's full of um, iron. That's actually what gives it its, its brown color. So we've shown it's really common. Like It's in your collarbones, in your sternum. It's actually lined into, into your, your upper back. Uh, is common places for, from brown adipose tissue. Well, they've shown that cold exposure actually increases your brown fat uh, tissue, so it actually converts some white fat into brown fat, 
And this brown, this bat tissue actually burns your white fat um, to create heat. Um, and that's, it, so it basically increases your resting metabolism, you burn more calories to rest. Um, both exercise and fasting will also increase your, increase your brown adipose tissue, but medical research shows that actually neither of those increase your brown adipose tissue near as much as cold therapy. Mm -hmm. So again, another really good reason to get into Valley Cryo. Number three, short discussion. Um, again, proven by some clinical studies that, that cold therapy increases your immune system. Um, and basically, the, the, to cut to the point on this is that they've basically shown that it increases your, your monocytes, which is a, a large white blood cell. This is the things that attack um, things like you know, bacteria and infections and um, uh, help warn off illnesses that we see. So get in, the, get in that crowd chamber and you're going to have an improved immune system. Four, improved nitric oxide. So nitric oxide, you know, is um, it's found in a lot of pre-workout, knocks explode. Uh, you see, this is what gives you, it's a vasodilator, so it opens up your, your, your blood vessels. So these are things that, like, you hear people take L-arginine or L-citrulline, or you see bodybuilders eat a whole big old plate of watermelon before they work out. This is because they're trying to get that pump. They're trying to get the, a big vasodilation response. This is, increases your, your blood circulation, which we know is a good thing. It reduces blood pressure. So, and the, the physiology, the way that I understand it, is the, it's, it's kind of directly related back to the brown adipose tissue, is that because when brown adipose tissue, um, how it's working, and when it, it's kind of almost a byproduct of, of it burning white fat, it produces nitric oxide as a byproduct, that's a really good thing, okay? So, um, improved nitric oxide is, a, is blood pressure performance and um, athletic performance. Um, number five, longevity. So this is a big one. So you get all like types of like biohacking conferences. You have actually physicians now that are getting into just longevity studies. So the two um, kind of most common things that people get into with uh, with longevity, you see intermittent fasting and you see calorie restriction. So these are leading to things that actually they're, we're proving that it's um, lengthening your telomeres and um, in increasing age. Well, they've actually shown that that. Uh, uh, consistent cold exposure has a very very similar effect as both intermittent fasting and calorie restriction for longevity. And the pathways, we, we, you, if you kind of Google longevity, you're going to see this thing called mTOR pathways, which are mammalian target of uh, rapamycin, which is basically these it's it's cell communication and cell regulation, and it. It, it can get very complicated and very deep about what mTOR does, but what we know is that we see kind of an upregulation of mTOR in a lot of cancers and type 2 diabetes and a ton of chronic illnesses um, and with people that are kind of at end stage life, right? So what they've shown with cold exposure is you actually get a down regulation in your mTOR pathways. Um, and so they've actually started using it, I don't know if it's yet improved by a lot of insurance companies, but they're starting to actually use mTOR um, uh, in inhibitors in uh, certain types of treatments of both cancer um, and diabetes. But hop in the cold chamber, um, you're going to get some downregulation of mTOR pathways, possibly improve your longevity, ward off cancer, ward off certain types of uh, diabetes. It's good stuff. So there you go. There's my. Jeremy's geek moment, my top five reasons why you should be 
um, exposing yourself to cold and definitely checking out Valley Cryo here in November, December-ish. We should probably just cut that and then use it for your ad when you go on the radio. <laughs> there you go. Radio? Yeah, you don't even do a radio ad, are you? No, Facebook, something. Well, I would like for, because I think we had talked about Jeremy doing something with a presentation. Um, or just like for, for like your opening with, or whatever. Yeah. 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 We'll do, we'll do it up. You know, the guys are super excited. Guys yeah. and girls yeah. really are I super excited. I actually had, I didn't know that about the, I knew, I knew about the, of course, the increased metabolic and the, the fat burn, the, the yeah. adipose tissue, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't know the difference between the brown and the white. Yeah. And. It's fascinating. Yeah. You, you can convert, you can convert your white, nasty body fat to brown to at metabolically active right. brown yeah. adipose tissue yeah. that's the good stuff yeah we, we want our, our fat yeah and so that's the yeah, i've seen like um i guess they started doing studies in like inuit population eskimo populations and um we're we're showing i guess we're gonna do maybe cadaver studies mm-hmm. in those populations mm-hmm. where we had like these this is massive proportions of brown adipose tissue which is metabolically active so it's a way to keep us warm right so that's that's what happens is so for us it's like so for them for survival reasons like they can't shiver all the time right so there's a couple ways for us to um you know warm ourselves so you can use vasoconstriction and vasodilation some things you're talking yeah. about in order to mm-hmm. kind of shun mm-hmm. our blood yeah. we can shiver well that's not functional long term right well if you convert your your some of your white tissue to metabolically active brown tissue and you get um, basically your the mitochondria, the mitochondria kind of burn because it burns it for heat yeah. what it's doing is producing yeah. energy as heat yeah. and so that's their way of survival well, well you know our, our clients don't need to do it to survival they want to get back in their prom dress or whatever it is that their, their, right, their goal exactly. is but it's going to have the same effect you're going to expose yeah. yourself to cold you're going to turn your, your yeah. white fat into brown fat you're gonna start increasing your resting metabolism. You start this burning right. fat. I've actually heard heard stories of some um, some people that embark on some weight loss uh, uh, journeys that you know swimming. Like they'll go and they'll do like two three hour swims in the morning in like really cold water, and they see that we see these massive drops in body fat. Well, Crazy. it's because you are doing you know low intensity aerobic exercise, which you know has some weight loss. And they're they're cold, so what's probably happening is they're probably increasing their brown fat mm. metabolism. So now they become metabolically active, and they're burning a crap ton right. of calories. That is a recipe, and and you maybe do that in a fasted state. Right. Exactly. Oh my even, gosh! Yeah. So now you're gonna you're gonna sh- shed right, body exactly. fat. Right. Exactly. So there would be a there would be a really potent one two three combo. Right. To lose up. So. Did you mention where you're gonna be? So that people know. Oh, yeah. You're on Neff Avenue. Yeah, so that's right next to Valley Fitness, yeah. Close. Uh, and yeah, the Bluestone Center. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So Have it's you guys like seen the, the It's the, actually the, right beside Advanced Physical Therapy. Yeah, okay, it's yeah, 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 okay. Harrison Across from McAdoo's. So mm-hmm. December. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and people find on you on Facebook. You'll be on Facebook. I am on Facebook. On My Facebook. website is, it is actually up. Okay. I have not put it out there that it's up because my packages are still being reworked sure <laughs> yeah but it is actually up yeah my, my site is up cool um super excited super excited to and um be here just for people how often do you 
um, suggest coming in? Yeah, so stuff? I mean, there uh, there are, uh, like I said, a lot of cryotherapy centers all over the United States, all over the world, and a lot of people say they have unlimited packages. You can come in every day, and you can come in up to two times a day. Are you going to be doing every day? Well, you know, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, all the studies that I have been reading and researched, you don't need to do cryotherapy twice a day. No. <laughs> no. You just don't. Can yeah. you? You can. Yeah. You can safely do it twice a day, four hours in between mm-hmm. each session. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, me telling everybody, you need to be doing cryotherapy seven times a week, mm-hmm. is kind of against what really the research is showing that you have to do. Yeah. Um, it's really different the time, the different times that you'll come. I mean, it's going to vary. It's going to be individualized. Let's say you, you're you're healthy, Sarah. You, you're not really suffering from any aches or pains, right? I mean, I'm training all the time. But so. you are training all the time. Yeah. So for you, I would say two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that is going to be um, a maintenance program for you. Yeah. Okay. So that's two a total times. of like. Nine minutes. That's like cold. six to nine minutes. I can do it of mm-hmm. your whole week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if somebody we'll is... have to find some, a great playlist, Jenny. Okay. Hey, but the thing is, too, I'm not putting these people. I'm not you guys. I'm not going to put you in this chamber and walk out of the room. You're going to be supervised the whole three minutes. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees so you naked, naked. By the way, are you, you naked in you, there? You are naked. The, the men oh. wear underwear. You, you can wear. A swimsuit, you can wear underwear, you can wear a bra. So maybe that's my and number then, six reason why you should like that girl. That you can get you, naked you, around you can, Jenny. You can, you can get naked and chill and in the valley. No. Are you sure my nipples yeah. aren't going to fall? You wear mittens and you wear... Nipple mittens? Nipple mittens. No, you don't wear <laughs> nipple mittens. <laughs> I was like, that's a thing? You wear mittens and right. socks. That's a genius idea, though. <laughs> that would be worrying. And not, I would be there the, the main thing about being cold that I don't like. to you through the, the session. Because yeah. you, you need to monitor. If sure. somebody says, I'm feeling very uncomfortable, I need to get out, yeah. well, then you come on out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Do you say three minutes your first time, or do you like, no, I'm the first time, let's try to get through 90 seconds? No. I, uh, I my The session's going to be three minutes. I'm not going to make you stay in there for three minutes. Lock me so in. If you say, you know what, I'm out of there for 20 seconds, after 20 seconds, I'm going to say. But three minutes is going to be like, <laughs> like that's what you yeah. need to do for, to get a benefit out of it or not? Um, no, you can get you you can get benefit from last time, mm-hmm. but really it's it's considered you're going to get your your maximum benefit from being in there for the three minutes. So um, when they had them set up at, for the CrossFit competitions, uh-huh. um, actually, and it was also in Miami for the elite division, uh-huh. Uh-huh. they would have you, so he's like, yeah, you're going to get in this chamber for however long, and then you're going to get off, and you're going to get on this bike, and you're going to, like, like to get your body temperature back up. Do you do that, too, or are you just, like, straight? No, you don't need to do that, because your body temperature is going to uh, resume to normal within 10 minutes, yeah. mm. which is completely another thing that's different than an ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> you know how long that takes. Yeah. No, you're it. This it's completely different. No, yeah. you come maybe out that was there, just for like CrossFit because you might do something. And after. you, you within ten minutes, you feel normal, completely normal. I didn't add, and I didn't tell you, Jeremy, either. Um, we were talking about compression, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a big thing too that's these a big days. Thing. Yeah. So we will be offering compression, uh, Normatec. Very cool. Oh, I love Normatec. Very cool. The uh, the leg units. Yeah. I have two, and I also have an arm. Uh, unit. They just arrived here the other day, so that's super cool. And me and everybody in the family have been sitting around in Normatec. 
you're going to have every single CrossFitter within yeah. 30 minutes. So I have two, two, uh, two Normatec um, uh, leg. Those are great. And uh, one arm system yeah. at this point. I don't have any hip. That might come in the future. Those are tough. Those are tough. And, I, you know, right now I don't feel like my, my clients, my people really need that. So I yeah. think the legs and the mm-hmm. arm. Um, and we have really wonderful, beautiful leather recliners that people will be sitting in and enjoying their norm attack. So awesome. that's something awesome. else that is a compliment to the awesome. cryo. Yeah. So is it going to be kind of like, like you, you mentioned like tanning packages. So it'll be like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's going to be, I'm going to bundle some, the, the norm attack with the cryo yeah. and, and then things will be a la carte too. You know, people like to walk in and just say, Hey, just I just it. want to do one. Yeah. I'm going to have some punch card options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and give some extra bonuses to people in the community that um, I'm meeting with the, the owner of Orange Theory uh, mm-hmm. this week. We're going to partner together and, you know, cross promote and, you know. I know another gym that would love to do that. I, well, I know. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here with them right now, <laughs> which is super awesome. And yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be yeah. I talking mean, with you guys tonight. Yeah. 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 And, you know, putting your fighters out there faster than, you know, to recover. Fight camp sucks, man. So, I know that that, you know, the guys are going to just love having that as an option. So, yeah. we're looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Yeah. It was Thank awesome. Thank you. Jimmy Sipka, Valley Cryo. Find her on Facebook. Website's up. Um, of course, if you want direct contact, you can reach out to us. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been Rise Podcast. You guys have a good night.